everybody. Welcome to the eighth episode of Movie Therapy. Um, this is one of the biggest movies we've ever done. Yeah, I would have to say it's the most popular movie we've done so far. It, it was. Uh, it did great at the box office. It yeah. broke records until like a week later, and Batman came out. Um, so, short-lived victory, but still. I don't a victory. think Batman came out in 1984. It came out a week after. No, Batman came out in '89. I, I swear it came out like I a week swear after. it wasn't five years later that they broke the records. I know that Home Alone beat this record. I know, I swore as it was a week later, Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah, I don't know where movie. you got that information, because Tim Burton's Batman came out in 89. You check that right now. Yeah, well, check, I don't think I have to. Check I definitely do not have to check it. Uh, Batman came out in 1989. This movie came out in 1984. Can we move, bu- move on by that and just... I'm gonna come back I know to it. Stuff. I'm gonna come back to it. Yeah, so well, you'll you'll fail again. Without further ado, let's, let's do, do Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. I fumbled that so bad. I thought so we were gonna say it at the same time. Wanna do it? Wanna do it again? Wait, okay. wait. We'll do it like the Ghostbusters. We'll point to this camera. Wait. Okay. Can this camera get both of us? Yes. Okay. Ready? Without further ado. Shh, don't cross the streams. <laughs> without further ado, let's do let. Let's do Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah, all right. So as I was saying earlier, oh, don't do it. (laughs) This movie's a standalone movie. There isn't a sequel to it. There is no, it it sucks that they only made one Ghostbusters. I wish they would make a couple more. And, you know, if they would reboot it at some point, that would be great, too. Don't even joke around about that. We know what happened, and we will discuss that, I'm sure, later on. Oh. So this movie came out in 1984. Yes. Um, It's an action-adventure comedy. Yes. It stars some great actors. Great actors. Um, and if John Belushi was still around, it would have been kind of like a, a kind of unofficial sequel to Blues Brothers. I'm gonna do like a wave of the flag of John Belushi. Yeah, yeah. he w- he will be mi- he was missed in this movie, but he was they, still in it. There's a heck of a story. We won't get. Should we get into the actual writing of the script? The uh, yeah, how the movie came I about. I think we should start with the writing of the script. So okay, so what do you know? Because I feel like this is a movie that we both like and yeah. really respect, and it wasn't really hard doing all the research on this. So you so go ahead. Okay, so Ghostbusters was originally um, a movie that, uh, what's his face wrote? Uh, other Blues brother. Let's call him Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Okay, that's his name. I was going to say Elwood Blues. Because <laughs> sh- I love that, that movie. That might happen a couple times here. Um, so Elwood wrote a squ- script that w- took place on basically, it, it took place in the future. Yep. of people wearing brightly colored suits and having uh, helmets with visors, calling themselves the Ghost Smashers, mm-hmm. that uh, went through different dimensions. And yeah. it was set in the future. And, and there would be there would wands. be other crews of yeah. people with wands, and, and they'd be kind of competing with each other. Imagine Harry Potter meets, uh, what's that first movie that uh, George Lucas made, that X, X, XV something? TX11. THX, that's the movie. THX. There's a number that. to it too, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, it, it, it originally it was a lot different. Um, the wands were literally wands. Yeah. Like you can see it. Uh, it also kind of looked like Harry Potter met Assassin's Creed because it was attached to the wrist yeah. in some art of it. Anyway, so they wrote this and in it they were going to fight more than just a state puff marshmallow man as a giant monster. They had, I think, three or more. Giant monsters? Yeah, because they basically felt like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man wasn't enough of yeah, a payoff. They, they found it was stupid, actually, mm-hmm. through the thing. But anyway, so um, through this, and they originally they were going to have uh, John Belushi in it. They were going to have uh, Eddie Murphy and uh, I forget the other guy who played Batman. 
Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton was yep. gonna be in it, as long as, along with El Edward Edward Blues. So they were all gonna be in it um, until when he went to uh, the director that he wanted. He basically said, "Who made um, Animal House and stuff like that?" He basically said, "Is that Ivan Reitman?" Yes. Yep. Who okay. said? That's impossible. This movie's impossible, Nick. Yep. We're not going to do it. And we're talking 1984 here. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, and hearing that. Actually, that's 1983, technically. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. It was actually they had 13 months to shoot this movie with mm -hmm. special effects all in and everything, right? So, mm -hmm. um, having the cast uh, with Bill Murray, we finally yeah. are doing a movie with Bill Murray. We mentioned him in like every yeah. episode, but we yeah. have not done a movie with him. Which is great, and, and it was the ad libbing that really made mm -hmm. this movie take off, and it really gave it its comedy by being very natural with what they did. So um, there's barely any part of the script that isn't ad-libbed. Yeah. In fact, the director suggested that uh, he go back, like Bill, especially with Bill Murray. Yeah. It's like, go back, give me something more. And it, it was kind of like their own kind of thing, right? So Even without it being ridiculous, mm -hmm. like there's different little parts of this movie. I mean, check out the IMDb page on the trivia. Check out any YouTube videos. It's and, and even like the audio commentary on the Blu-ray. It tells you so much about mm. making this movie and how movies just aren't made like that anymore. You know, people have a huge budget. They have a lot of time to put it together. And they, I think they kind of just overpaint, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. they, this, they were kind of like, we have to get this done. Even the finished copy that they sent to the theater had strings attached to things mm -hmm. and no one cared. Mm -hmm. And it was just a wonder, awesome movie, and it made so much money. <laughs> yeah, it made all the money in the land. But it became like, a phenomenon more than just a hit movie. Which, um, you, when you mentioned about uh, the ad living, when you have uh, Bill Murray, I don't think it's a choice. I think you either mm -hmm. strap in and say go for it, yeah. or you don't strap in and he takes you for a ride. Because <laughs> yeah. um, when you think about it, all of his best moments have been ad, like ad read, basically. Especially in this movie, like... Uh, I, I think it's funny, a lot of things in this movie which I thought was uh, not ad read. Like, even the funniest thing I found, since they were writing, go like, so they didn't finish the script by the time they started filming. Mm -hmm. So they were doing Ghostbusters while they were writing Ghostbusters. Yeah. So the ending, the very ending of the movie, when they decide they're going to just cross the streams, and they go, yeah, that we're going to cross, like, well, they don't say, yeah, let's cross the streams. They say, that's the one, how we can fix it. They had no idea that that's what they were going to do when they show up to work that day. Oh, really? They, they had no idea how to finish the movie. Mm -hmm. And then they went, well, we mentioned something about crossing the streams. Let's just do that to finish it. Yeah. And then a joke happened with the special effects team. So they hired a special effects artist to do a giant explosion. Mm -hmm. And he created this, like, he drew up this giant explosion that is, like, impossible. And you see it in the movie. Mm -hmm. And when he handed it to the director, the director, uh, sorry, the director and uh, the, uh, the other people from the effects crew, they were like, that's impossible. No way could they live from that. And the mm -hmm. executives, sorry, no, it was the executives that said it. They said, yeah. there's no way that the Ghostbusters would live from that. And they said, that's the point. It's huge. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, which then after that, a bunch of, uh, the marshmallow goop is actually shaving cream. Yeah. And one of the cast members had an uh, allergic reaction to it. Oh. But um, Ed, Ed, um, Elwood Blues did not. And instead of saying, hey, you know, I think I have enough on me, Kept asking them to put more and more on them. Oh, yeah. And hilarity ensued as he loved this stuff. Um, loved the, the stuff I was uh, interested in was uh, William Atherton. He plays uh, Walter Peck, the uh, the environmental guy that's yep. trying to shut them down. Basically the uh, antagonist in the movie. Um, he, um, that 
uh, whipped cream or not. He, he mm. said whipped cream in the audio commentary, but the other information that I had said it was shaving cream. Mm-hmm. But I mean, neither here nor there. They were talking about it being a hundred pounds mm-hmm. coming down on him, and uh, he kind of thought about back to science class when they say, "What weighs more, a pound of bricks or a pound of feathers?" Yeah, it's still a pound, right? Yeah. So he's talking about how he wasn't sure about a hundred pounds hitting him. So they let a stunt guy, d- stunt guy do it, and the, it came down and it knocked him right out. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, maybe we should reduce it to 75." He did it to 75 pounds. And uh, and it worked out great, and that's the scene they mm. used. And and I think a lot of the stuff in the that I found too was, um, they used a lot of first takes. Yeah. In situations like uh, the first time they used their protons, mm-hmm. the uh, housekeeper, mm-hmm. they shoot at the housekeeper cart, and uh, they didn't tell her that the explosion was going to be so big. Yeah. They just thought it was, she just thought it was going to be a couple of pops. Mm-hmm. or whatever but it's just this huge explosion they use the first take yeah. and the, her reaction is genuine and she's just like what the hell are you guys doing <laughs> you know like she kept in character mm. and, and it worked out perfectly so those kinds of things make this such a hit um no, a funny thing about uh egon uh, mm. pr- played by the writer uh harold ramus Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't find a character or an actor to play the way he wanted it to play, so he just said, "I'll I'll do it. I'll do it." And and he did he did awesome. And uh, rest in peace to Harold Ramis, who died a couple years ago, which maybe it was like a year ago. Which I think that's um, if we can take a, a segue for a second, if I may take your segue sure. for a second. Um, so people who um, are watching this because they saw Ghostbusters, like they saw the Ghostbusters title, or uh, are really into f- movies and are trying to learn more. Um, can I kind of explain why the sequel, hap- I mean the terrible new remake, happened? <laughs> so, for the longest time, the I pe- didn't say yes. Oh, may may I? <laughs> yes, you may. <laughs> so, from my understanding, this could be wrong, and I might get uh, some backlash from people saying it's wrong. But from my knowledge, this is what happened. So. Um, the four people who played the Ghostbusters. Yep. After um, the second one, so they were not interested in making the third one. Um, Bill Murray expressed this the most by saying that he would, like, uh, he said that you have a better chance of winning the lottery than him being in the third one. Yep. Which is ironic because he was in the third one, so he actually go buy a lottery ticket. Uh-huh. But, uh, so all four of them said no. This And the main writing went to, as far as I know, um, Elwood Blues, and Egon, <laughs> and Dan Aykroyd, Dan Harold Ar- Ramis. Yeah, and ha- Harold Ramis passed away. Mm-hmm. Now Dan Aykroyd, I think, was in favor mm-hmm. of the making another one since they had the rights. After he passed away, yeah, it, they decided to make another one. It's the exact thing that happened with Psycho. Yep. Psycho Hitchcock died, and then they were allowed to make more. Sad part is, is he didn't want to make more, and they kind of defiled his name by making more. And not only that, but then put his face in the background of this movie. Okay. Well, uh, sorry, of the remake, which, watching this movie, you realize how bad the new remake is. Mm-hmm. Like, it has nothing that this one had. Like, even when they went into the hotel, and then just that whole ordeal. I haven't seen it, so I don't even know. Okay. Well, that yeah. whole ordeal, nothing even close to that happens in the new one. Yeah. The new one is so freaking boring. Yeah. Like I said, after hearing what the original idea was, mm. I think that they should have taken those strokes completely make it like um continuing on not yeah excuse me a reboot at all make it like the future and like you call 911 
Mm, and you, you get the Ghostbusters if you need them. Mm. And people compete for different jobs. Uh, I think it would be really interesting, a different take on it completely. I mean, I don't think anybody watching the new Ghostbusters would need to know all the specs. I don't know if yeah. they go into all the new equipment or whatever oh, they that do. they use. They went too much into detail. Yeah. I, I do I honestly feel like I was, I was just saying this tonight when I was having dinner with a couple of my buddies here. I, uh, I want to see it because you've said so many bad things There's about so it. Ma- they have, okay, what's one thing that you don't think Ghostbusters needs? Um, a weapon montage? Were you going to say weapon <laughs> montage? Because they did it. In the new one, they yeah. have a scene where it's like, already, here's the new weapons I made. And your girl has pistols and yeah. stuff like that. And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> this is not something I wanted to see. It's like they had the blo- like they had the wands. Yeah. That was it. That's all they needed. They didn't have to add pistols and stuff. <laughs> and it, it was just... Yeah. It's such a bad movie, the new yeah. one. The new... And, like... So a lot of people, when you say you don't like the new one, they immediately say that you're sexist. Yeah. Had nothing to do that women were doing it. No. Uh, it had to do with the people that they casted. They, they kind of throw it at you is what I've yeah. heard. They kind of, like, hey, there's girls here. Girl power. Hey, you know, all yeah. this stuff. And, I mean, that's great. I think that maybe for young fans, um, maybe that's great to see that women mm. are doing roles that were previously done by men. Mm. But I think you should... There's roles for that that don't have to be a, a reboot mm. or a take from something that was... Like, I mean, I'm all for remakes, and I think that they, there's good and bad remakes, and uh, I like the recycling of the things. See. Like, you think of how this makes money is because, you know, when I was growing up, these are the toys I played with. Mm. Now I'm an adult, and there's kids my age that want these toys too, right? Well, so This is my thing with the whole remake. So you're for remakes. Well, not always, but I'm, saying, always. That I'm, I'm saying go do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't do it. So, okay, this is my thing with remakes. I have no problem going to sit down and watch a black and white film. Mm-hmm. But, for example, most films they're making, they're not black and white. No. Ergo, like, for example, um, they remaking Ghostbusters. What was wrong with watching the original Ghostbusters? Mm-hmm. To me, if you're going to make a remake, that means that the original is not cannot be in use anymore. Yeah. It's fine. You still, like, you have a Ghostbusters movie. Yep. You don't need to make a new one because it already exists. Yep. It's like if someone came up to me and said, like, this is like to me what a pitch for a new remake wants to go for. Okay. Have you ever watched Ghostbusters and just thought, oh my god, it is so out of date and it looks like crap? Let's make a newer one yeah. that looks like crap and yeah. then pump that out. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I saw it on the Blu-ray and mm. uh, honestly, I wanted to watch it again right after I watched it the first time. Ghostbusters. And, and I remember a, a young kid, and this is a long time ago. I mm. think we had the soundtrack. I think my parents came home with the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So, like, we knew the song, the Ghostbusters song and stuff. And there's funny stories behind that, too. It's like Ray Parker Jr., um, he had a time limit to make that, that, yeah. uh, that song. And uh, oh, there's so many segues towards this, too, because they asked Huey Lewis in the news, which you probably yeah. don't know who that is, or you do? Yep. Okay, so he asked Huey Lewis in the news to do a... A, a theme yeah. for this and he's, he turned it down and then Ray Parker Jr. came in made the Ghostbusters theme basically ripped off a Huey Lewis in the News yeah. song got sued eventually but Ray Parker was, was he was kind of stuck as to what to do but he saw the commercial in the in the movie when he was like reading the seeing the dailies of the, the movies mm-hmm. being shot and he thought who are you going to call? Yeah. Ghostbusters and he had a only a certain amount of time to find uh, enough people in the studio. Like one of them was his girlfriend mm. and a bunch of her friends. They're yelling, Ghostbusters! But it was his son 
that mm-hmm. gave them the idea to yell at Ghostbusters. So, hmm. um, and that like the soundtrack kills. Like they use the mm-hmm. music in the right the right spots. I mean, it's it's old music. Mm. Um, it was all written for the film, um, and even the score. Um, uh, let me see. I wrote his name down here somewhere. Bernstein, Elmer Bernstein, mm-hmm. who like he did a bunch of John Landis movies and stuff. So. Um, his score is awesome. The music they use in the like, there's a montage where they're uh, going around, like basically mm. starting their business and becoming successful. Um, a side note on that. <laughs> now I'm starting to do what you do. Yeah. <laughs> side note. A side, side note. note on that is that they didn't have didn't have any filming permission around New York. I know. I'm about to do say that. that. Eh? I was about to say that. Yeah. So you Rock- go ahead about that. The Rockefeller the Rockefeller uh, scene. Which is just a quick scene of them running through. Yeah, super fun though. They Watching were actually being chased by security. Yeah, in that there's place. actually one scene where you can actually see two security guards chasing them. Yeah. Well, they just did quick shots, just mm. did quick little films. They had the traps out. Yeah. I don't think they had like smoke in the traps either. Like they. No, I think that was done after. Yeah, but like I mean, they yeah. were like just doing it. it. It looked quick because it was a montage, but really they rushed to get <laughs> all <laughs> those scenes <laughs> done, which. Was awesome and mm. a lot of fun. I l- when a montage is done right, yeah, you know, I'll watch it all day long. Um, yeah, so I think that was pretty much all I had to say about the music. Um, the, the music, like cleaning up the town um, yeah. by the Bus Boys. <laughs> That's a song that just brings me back to being a kid, nineteen eighty four. So, this has nothing to do with what you're saying, but may I? Uh, sure. Or, or would you like to continue talking about what mm-hmm. you're talking about? Because I feel like I kind of just interrupted Please, you. Please go ahead. Okay. So, uh, may I take this back to Bill Murray for a second? Yep. So, we have spoken about Bill Murray um, randomly about on things that doesn't really matter. Just about every podcast. Yeah, we've just done. every podcast. So, I feel like if we didn't mention this on the podcast where he's actually in it, yeah. I'd be doing and a service. I, I would usually be taking you off the topic because yeah. he's not in this movie. But he is in this movie. He is. So okay, so. And I think this ties in really great. So, one thing I always, I, I've said several times it, it is that... Most, one of the most important, like impossible characters to write is the character that doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Characters that are just kind of there. But Bill Murray plays it amazingly. Like, like a sarcastic. So, um, also relating this to the newest one, uh, the newest one, every character was the exact same. All of them were in, like, yes, the one girl at the beginning wasn't into ghosts, but she saw ghosts and she was into it. Bill Murray, this whole time, sees ghosts, believes in ghosts, yeah. but he still doesn't. Like, he's, he's there going, this is stupid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like he, even though he's part of this, yeah. he still seems like he doesn't believe it. Yeah. Which is kind of nice because one of the things in this movie that they were trying to stay away from, they were nervous about was things taking people out of the movie. But when you have someone in the movie that's the audience member going, this is stupid when yeah. something stupid happens, is a nice way of just paying homage. Yeah. And Bill Murray the whole time, like when he sees Slimer, like he's walking around the hotel yeah. without a care in the world. Like he still doesn't believe in it. Yeah. And then he sees Slimer and he goes, oh, hey, I, I found it. And then it slimes him and yeah. he still seems annoyed. And then when they're trying to trap Slimer, he's just dicking around. He's just going, I- I've always wanted to do this. And then he pulls it and goes, the yeah. flowers are still standing. <laughs> and then when they go into the meeting with the mayor and everyone's saying like, oh, this something bad's going to happen. And they're all saying like, I'm really worried. Bill and Murray's sitting there cracking jokes about dogs and cats sleeping together. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just, I like Live the whole together. idea. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, on the top of the roof, when uh, uh, she turns, like, when... Gozer? Yeah, Gozer goes crazy. Yeah. And he goes, uh, and they're like, we should, blow, we should blow the thing up. And he's like, 
that nice lady that we paid, and he's still not really getting the fact they could die. Mm -hmm. He's just talking about the lady. He's just whatever. Yeah. Which I really like, and I think it's really hard to do. And I think, honestly, for Bill Murray, this is the best instance of that. Yep. Now, because I've been too nice to this film, I'm going to do a 360 on this topic. Okay. So, I, so <laughs> going the opposite, that really treats the comedy aspect. He doesn't want to argue with me. He's going to argue with himself. I'm going to argue with myself. <laughs> so, um, obviously, it's hard to argue with that yeah. aspect. Is it's really great. Um, the one thing I found, though, is uh, the uh, African-American fellow. What's his name? Um, Winston. I'm just going to call him uh, wannabe Eddie Murphy. Because he was supposed to be Eddie Murphy, and then he didn't turn into well, Eddie Well, I don't Murphy. think he wanted to be Eddie Murphy, but... Uh, he did become Eddie Murphy. Because yeah. he, he took the job of Eddie yeah. Murphy. Either way, um, this is a character who shows up halfway through and doesn't really do much. Like, Egon is, a sci- is the main scientist. Yeah. Like, they're all scientists except for the African-American fella. Mm-hmm. Um... They're all scientists except for him. Eon is the main guy who does most of the things. Uh, uh, He's the brain. He's the brain, yeah. Elwood is kind of the guy that's like, oh my god, ghosts. But he's like, he's like the child. He's got like a childlike wonder. And we're talking about Ray Stans, who is played by Dan Aykroyd. Mm -hmm. Don't want to confuse anybody thinking we're talking about Blues Brothers because you can't remember his name. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And then uh, Bill Murray is playing the guy who's kind of like the audience. Mm-hmm. But even in this scene right here where you can see it, the three main characters are these guys going back and forth. The other guy shows up halfway through the movie and goes, hey, I'm looking for a job. Yeah. And th- he has kind of a funny moment where they go, you believe in this, this, this? He goes, I will believe in anything. It has as long as paycheck. paycheck, yeah. But he doesn't do anything. Like yeah. I feel like if you took him out of this movie, nothing would have changed. Like, he didn't add anything to the team. Yeah. He barely even spoke. Like. He had the funny line of, that's a big Twinkie. And I heard arguments <laughs> of people saying he, they used him nicely to dumb it down to the audience, saying, like... Yeah, uh, kind of saying what the audience would be saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, explaining with the Twinkie thing. But Bill Murray's character had to have that done to him a couple of times in this movie. Yeah. So they could have used Bill Murray's character for yeah. it. But they decided... I think, it was, I think it was more of, like, a trend then. What? They had to have the token black character in a movie mm-hmm. in 1984. Um, I, and I think they kind of like missed the whole idea because they did want Eddie Murphy to be in the mm. whole movie and the script was written to have Eddie Murphy in it like at the start like everybody mm. else they had him come in later and have a little more minor role and I never really thought about it that much but yeah you're right I mean he doesn't really serve much he of a purpose do other, other than trying to like completely disassociate himself when they get arrested yeah <laughs> he's like, like I'm not even with these guys I'm just working here like he like they should have just said, you know what, get out of here and they, then like, move on. They, they, like, and I, and I get, yay, diversity, and diversity is great. Yeah. Um, which also, I never got with the new one, how they're like, yeah, we're progressive, we're going to have women. But the black character is still just going to be the non-scientist that just kind of knows yeah. the city. They still fell that him, like, them into that part. Yeah. But in this movie, he didn't do anything. Like, yeah. and that, he just didn't do anything. Yeah. No, you he see, showed, I got no notes on him at all. Yeah, he, again, because he didn't yeah. do anything. There's yeah. no notes on him. He showed well, like, I didn't even rip it apart. I didn't even really <laughs> think about it until you said that. Because um, the whole movie, I said there, because I watched the movie, and I, 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 I feel like I am an expertise on ripping apart movies, and yep. that's all I do in my mm-hmm. life, because I have no joy. So anyway, I was watching this movie, <laughs> and I was sitting there, and I'm sitting there on my bed and watching it, 
And at the very end of the movie, I went, the guy did nothing. Yeah, why is he in it? Why is he in it? Like, All right, you need to calm down now, Ty, because you've said your point. I, need like I a, want to I move like on to an actress bag. that's in the movie that we haven't talked about I need yet. Like a bag. And, and if Sigourney <laughs> Weaver happened to be watching this, and she seems so down to earth that she might, you know what I mean? I, she does a great job in this being um, the love interest to uh, mm-hmm. Bill Murray's character and also being possessed and turning into a dog. Those effects, I don't think I noticed that much when I was watching it when I was younger. I don't think I paid much attention to them turning oh, into the two really dogs. But yes, yes. Her name's Sigourney Weaver, though. I, I'm good in a, at actors' names. L- listen, listen. Yeah. I, I will be our character that okay. t- dumbs it down for people who don't yeah. watch movies. But she does a really great character. That she plays a good possessed person. It's it's seductive. Mm-hmm. It still lives up to the time. Like it, when you see her in the, when she opens the door. Um, she says she's actually answered the door. Like the mm-hmm. actress herself has answered the door trick or treat like that. And. Uh, there was that one. There was, a, there was a. There was a small. There was a small fire in her apartment one time, and the fireman put out the fire, and then looked in her fridge. <laughs> it, 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 she says it, it's a movie that kind of like just keeps on giving back to, mm. to her. Um, another actor. What I was talking about earlier was Walter Peck. Is he gets heckled on the street? Mm. Um, he gets called dickless because at yeah. one point they're like, uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd calls him mm. dickless, and they said, "Is that true?" And he's like, "Yes, that's true. This man has no dick." <laughs> and uh, like those kinds of lines that are in the movie are, um, they call them pencil neck yeah. um, and things like that. So, and he said that that transformed, he was actually in Die Hard. Yes, he it was. It transformed him into a villain after this movie because before mm. he did, wasn't getting all those rule, roles. And unlike our last podcast, Bella Lugosi, he didn't like just found any role to go in. He yeah. actually made a name for himself mm-hmm. in, in those kinds of roles. Um, yeah. So, so now another character we haven't talked about is the Keymaster. Oh, yeah. We talked now about the uh, gatekeeper. Yeah. Rick Moranis? Yes. So, and it Honey, was I Shrunk the Kids? It was originally going to be uh, John Candy, who I mm-hmm. love as a person, which sadly he passed away. Yep. Um, so, anyway, he was, he was supposed to be in this film, and he was part of this film for the longest time, but the problem was, it, like they even storyboarded it with uh, John Candy in it, the problem was is that. He had a, th- like a, a push mm-hmm. to play the character as a German fellow with Rottweilers. Yeah. And they didn't German want that. German Shepherd. German. No, Rottweilers. Okay. I didn't think it was German Shepherd. I thought it was Rottweilers. I could be wrong, though. You be the judge. You be the judge. <laughs> um, but anyway, so they went, no, 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 that's not, that's not something we want. And he just kept pushing for it. So they said, okay, fine, we're going to find someone else. Yeah. Um, one thing I'd like to point out. Actually, never. No, I'll point. Are out you continuing later. with the? Because with the John Candy stuff, is like uh, John Candy was on SCTV. It was yeah. a Canadian kind of sketch comedy show. Very famous. Mm-hmm. Um, had a lot of awesome actors that are still acting today. Um, I remember watching it a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And Rick Moranis was from that show as well. So they didn't reach too far for the right character. But going along with the ad libbing. Um, Rick Moranis has a scene, a very long scene. It's all one take in his apartment. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about the smoked salmon prices. And he, he name drops Canada, they're from Nova Scotia, Canada. And he's talking about how he got it cheap and all that stuff. Completely ad-libbed, first mm-hmm. take, he did that. Um, and it, he's just awesome. He's just like, okay, who brought the dog? <laughs> you know, like he's just such a lovable character. 
He locked for someone named the Keymaster in the movie. Mm. He locks himself out of his apartment three yeah. times, um, and it's you know they the whole story of of the Gozer, mm. um, uh, the demigod, and whatever the Sumerian or whatever. Um, I didn't write all that stuff down. I figured that was stuff I don't want to get into. The Hittites and all yeah. that stuff. It, it, it was believable. They they mm. really made it really believable that. Uh, and it didn't like take away from the story much, mm. so that uh, you kind of believe that what's happening, and you kind of just get invested in what the Ghostbusters are doing, and not how the evil starts. May I go against something? Yeah, sure. Let's go. So, uh, when he first gets possessed, the, mm-hmm. do- uh, the dog thing chases him down mm-hmm. to the street, and then he goes up to this giant glass building, and, no- and is knocking, asking for help. Yep. No one notices him, and he gets attacked by this dog. My problem with this is. This is New York fucking city. <laughs> he is up to Swear a... jar. <laughs> Sorry. He is up to a complete glass building. Yep. I don't know how you... I have an answer to this. But this is my... Because it's answered in the auto commentary. Let's say... Let's say you were a kid. Let's say you were six. I am. Right? I am a kid that is six. Matt, let's role play, okay? You're six years old. You're yep. six years old. Um, we, this is a dinner table at that restaurant. Yep. Um, we are, you're surrounded by family members. But there were no kids in the restaurant. Okay. You're surrounded by family members. Yep. This is a fancy restaurant. Yep. You're bored as hell. Yep. What are you doing? Looking out the window. Exactly. What do you see? I see a guy yelling and screaming. Yes. And then I get attacked by something. Yep. Now. Okay. Let no, no, no. (laughs) Now. Before you get too ahead of yourself. No, no, I got, it's it's still role playing. Yeah. Now. You're. Uh, let's go because there's a lot of old people there. Let's say you are 65. And I'm high class. You're high class 65 year old. You're sitting crystal, there with your crystal. Your, you're sitting there with your boring wife. Yep. She's going on about something that you don't care about. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You look out the window. What do you see? Gozer. No. A man. Okay, a man screaming because a uh, dog's chasing him. Yes. A huge dog. Okay. And you see him get attacked. What yep. do you do after that? You scream or yell or whatever. Yeah. yeah. This is a movie, Ty. Yes. Let me just break it down to this. It's New York. The reason they took this, mm. they take these old world evils, mm. demigods, and they put them into the city that never sleeps. Mm. And nothing scares a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And that's what they talk about in the commentary. Nothing scares a New Yorker. Plus, nothing phases them. And if it's not in your face, hitting you over the head with it, they don't care. And that's what they were trying to show in that scene and every other scene that showed them all going through the city. People are scared when they are in danger, but they're sitting in the restaurant. If that thing came through the door, which is ridiculous that it didn't because it crashed through anything else that was a window Mm -hmm. or door (laughs) until it got there. And yes, if you'd seen it, maybe the people would react, but it shows you that they don't see it. All they see is someone screaming and being a crazy person. They're dismissive, apathetic. But even that, you would tell someone to deal with it. Like, yeah. If you were sitting no, there. No, but that's the whole idea, is that they wanted to show New York doesn't care unless they're affected. Okay, let's role play again. Let's role play again. No, no, I, don't, no, I think no, we're, I think we're done this You back. have a child. You have a child then. I'm your child. Look <laughs> at me. I'm your child. You are my child. <laughs> we are sitting at a table. <laughs> I see a man freaking out of the window, and I start saying, hey, Dad, what's that? That is annoying me now. Yeah. Um, I now won't stop bugging you about that. Yeah. What are you going to do? 
Yeah. Well, if you were to shoot this movie and throw that scene in it, who would watch it? Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> change a thing. <laughs> I, I'm not here to make sense. I'm here to complain. So okay. I'm, gonna, I'm not here to make sense. Um, one For the love of God, can we move on? Yes. Move on. <laughs> um, I want to tell a story about okay. me camping down at Shelter Valley, just down the road here. Okay. And like I said, we had the soundtrack when we were kids, so I thought it was going to be a great movie. And, uh, and like I said, it came out in 84, so it was probably out on VHS 85, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, it was on movie night at Shelter Valley. And there was a bunch of kids there and a bunch of adults. And my parents were hanging out with their friends and they were having drinks, basically. The kids wanted to go up to see the movie, so they're just hanging out and just happy to be away from the kids for a little while. And we were so excited to watch Ghostbusters. We really wanted to watch Ghostbusters. We were like, uh, I remember screaming at the top of the hill. And like, my family always has to my memory is, is things that they don't believe really happen, but I know this happened for sure. We stood at the top of the hill and we said, when the movie starts, we'll yell, boo. Ghosts, okay. right? We watched the first scene, yeah. which was a little scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't really see a ghost. But once we actually saw the ghost, mm-hmm. didn't watch another moment of it after that. Really? <laughs> really. Didn't watch it until later on. And even when I got the Blu-ray, I was like, I remember that scaring the crap mm-hmm. out of me, the librarian. And they didn't, and they talked about it in the thing where, where they weren't sure if they were going too far with what they showed. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a way to look at that scene, the, uh, the first scene, the initial scene of Ghostbusters? Right there. The ghost there, the librarian? Uh, of course, we have to go through ads, but yeah, the, uh, it's basically a librarian, um, and they did a really oh. simple wipe of her legs, so basically mm-hmm. it looks like she's floating, and uh, the I think what they did was they did like a white screen or something to make it kind of look silver, because mm-hmm. they didn't have all the, well, they have blue screens and stuff then too, but mm-hmm. um, they did a bunch of different little things, and like I said, they had a time mm-hmm. constraint, 13 months to make this movie, so this is one of the first scenes they shot. Uh, Fourth one down, right? That's that, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, the index card thing is the entrance scene. The, yeah, that's that's not the one we want. We want the actual library ghost. Okay. Library is that the first one there? I just type in opening scene. Well, it wasn't exactly. It was like right after the credits, and then that's when they actually come in and check it out. Oh, okay, so no, then yes, this yeah. was the scene right here. I thought it yeah, was. So this is them. Yep, they're okay. coming down in, into the into the library or whatever, and they're looking for the the ghost. But and there's Bill Murray. They, and Bill Murray, just like he's being sarcastic. Yeah. He's like, you know, whatever, cynical about the whole thing. He's it's he just a job to him. <laughs> I, I do like that. Like I, I and uh, by the way, me watching this movie, I love this movie. Yeah. So it was really hard for me to find things I don't like yeah. about it. I just love the fact that how Bill Murray's character is, yeah. uh, how he just seems away from it all, how yeah. he's. Like, for example, he is us in the movie. He is us just watching, not... Yep. Like, he is what would have happened if he wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. People watching this movie going, this is stupid. Well, I mean, he plays a bit of a misogynist, too, so mm-hmm. you can tell that he's really just in it for the money and the chicks. Yeah. And uh, you need a character like that. Um, mm-hmm. You got Ray, who's like the kid. Um, kind of... Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny, this ectoplasm, I looked up that, too. That mm-hmm. is uh, like a sugar kind of... Like it's like a, if you mix it with water, it turns into a gel like that. Mm-hmm. And you can find that in like hostess cakes. So you can eat ectoplasm, no problem. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, please. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I was actually going to pick some up, but I, you know, just never got around to it. Um, anyway, so yeah, so there d- this scene, they used mm-hmm. like, uh, like uh, hoses mm-hmm. behind the things. They had 
practical effects of people pushing the drawers out and, and blowing the, uh, the index cards all over the place. That would have to mm. be an update, eh? Yeah. I'm sure they don't keep the library index cards as many as in the movie here. Mm. Um, scene that's about to happen here, this bookshelf is about to fall over. That was natural. That happened hmm. without any coaxing of it. It's probably just people messing around with the scene. He ad-libs. <laughs> Has this happened to you before? <laughs> And they just, they act the crap out of these scenes, you know? Like, it, you wouldn't have to force them to be funny. It just happens naturally. It's a great, it's just the chemistry with the characters is great. Like, you mm -hmm. buy that they're friends. Yeah. It, it's just, it's natural. Well, like, it's even when really he drops the too. book, like, he's, mm. like, doing the readings and he drops the book right next to him and stuff, mm. he doesn't react to it at all. He's just like, oh, good, you're here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, like... Again, oh, so the, here's the here's the woman yeah, that you're talking about, yeah, which is, yeah, okay. Yeah. Remembering now, you're a fan, we're fans. We, we can watch this together. Just, yeah, <laughs> let's watch it together. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, the looks on these two guys' faces—they're they're not still, sure what to think, and, and he's he just like, believe it. he's like, whatever. This can is I talk stupid. to you for a second? Yeah. And like the ghost is looking at them. Yeah. Like, I was kind of expecting the ghost to kind of, like, come closer to them. And yeah. But it doesn't. It's like, stop, you guys are stupid. And it, it's, it's funny because he seems like he didn't believe it before yeah. he came here. And But he does. Like, even though seeing this, and he continues but on with it. But they're, the whole, they're talking about all the whole ghost sightings that are happening mm. all of a sudden are kind of like a portal being opened or something. And mm. it's just like, is this ghost's purpose to come and read a book backwards? Because yeah. if you notice, she's reading it backwards. It's because they shot that scene backwards. I also really like how... He, he walks out, like, again, with Bill Murray being whatever, walks out, starts talking to her. It, it, he's not subtle about it. He doesn't try to sneak up. He's just like, hey, what you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's very... Okay, it's so nice. here, here comes the real, the real jump scare. Probably the scariest part of the movie, right? I mean, if you're a, you know, eight-year-old kid and you see that... <laughs> yeah, that's... And, and you were like, oh, crap. You were saying the new movie didn't really make the ghosts that scary, eh? Yeah, no, they look crap. Yeah. So do you think the the new movie was trying to aim for more of a younger audience? Like this no, this like wasn't aimed for an older audience or anything, but I think they really yeah. tried to push the limits on the scare that they could show you. But it was just like in the newest one, they just didn't look as either A believable or B as as good. Mm -hmm. Like for example, even Ghostbusters two, which uh, you don't like me mentioning, but yeah. in it the ghosts are toned down a lot because they decided it's a kids' movie. They, they cut off smoking and they yeah. added all this stuff. They, they still look better. Yeah. One thing I noticed, um, and I do kind of want to just mention this. So I, I'm a bit m bigger fan of older movies. Yep. I think uh, movies are past its heyday because not as like movies like this don't come out no more. Mm -hmm. One thing I noticed, and for me not being a big fan of older movies and saying that a lot of mo movies have changed for the worst. There is one thing I do say changed for the better, which is in Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, they use a lot of uh, homophobia slang. Like, uh, I'm not going to use the words they use. Yeah, and I know I'll, what you mean. Then at one point in number two, um, the three guys, oh, sorry, I spit. The three guys go up to a Bill Murray in a restaurant. And they're all covered in ooze, and they're doing very innuendoist things. Okay. And then Bill Murray says, you're scaring the straights, making fun of them for it. And I noticed stuff like that wouldn't fly no more. Mm -hmm. And l where a lot of things that won't fly nowadays, it's like, 
Super Network to Toshins and stuff like that. We don't want to offend everyone. But it is yeah. kind of not like it's kind of a nicer change that we don't do that stuff anymore. Because it was very in this movie, you don't really notice it. Yeah. But after a while, it starts to be very blunt. If you like, when you sit there and you try to find things wrong with it, yeah, you realize it is very blunt randomly. Yeah. Also, you're like, oh, okay. I, I don't. Is else. there an example in this movie that you're speaking of? Because I I didn't really notice it in this movie. Maybe in Ghostbusters in two, one. In, in Ghostbusters one, they just use um, the f word for you to talk about uh, gay people uh, quite a bit in this movie. In this movie, yeah. Just I don't think I ever noticed it. I noticed it a couple times. Hmm. They said it, and I went, oh. Yeah. And it was never really prompted. Yeah, I like felt I like I would jump if I saw it too. I guess maybe I never really. To me, I was just like. Oh, yeah. like, and it's one of those words I was just kind of caught guard, like, yeah. nowadays you realize that they could use anything else that's still funny. Yeah. They're just kind of like, oh, that's kind of sharp yeah. nowadays. So, yeah. but even then, it's not an excuse to completely redo a movie. No, no, not <laughs> at all. I think, you know, the, t- the TV version has it censored, or the, the yeah. words are changed or whatever. So, um, you know, censorship has gone along, come a long way since then, too. And I, mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't even recall it being said in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I was thinking that, I, I don't know what t- time we're looking at here, but we should probably maybe talk about the ending a little bit more. Yeah. Um, um, how I, I liked how the uh, Gozer the Destroyer, which, I mean, the two characters, uh, Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis, become the, uh, uh, it's Vince something, and uh, what's the other one called? What's, I can't even think of what should they call her in the movie. It, it doesn't matter. They're the two dogs of Gozer. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're pret- the Gozer is the destroyer. Um, and he basically makes them choose how they're going to be destroyed. Yeah. And I think that's, it makes the movie fun. And they were, like we said earlier in the podcast, um, we weren't, they weren't sure if, the, if it was enough of a payoff. Yeah. They used test audiences for it, and it worked out they great. They also thought it would pull people out of the movie because that was ridiculous. Which, yeah. now watching it, the ridiculous factor adds yeah. to it. Oh, it's a giant marshmallow man. Yeah. At one point, they tried. They wanted to take have it come out of the water beside mm. the Statue of Liberty to show you scale. But I think they used the Statue of Liberty in the second movie. Yes, they um, used Statue of Liberty in the second movie. I which think. is very shoehorned. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so the ending's really, it, it has uh, Tape Off Marshmallow Man, which is kind of a nice thing where they're like, so you- They you foreshadow yeah, it too, right? Yeah. They threw out the thing, which you haven't seen the new one. No. So anyone who wants, is going to, for movie making or something like that, or wants yeah. to learn how to make a movie and wants to have something like this, a giant yeah. monster, there's two things you can do. A, which is done in this movie, which is have Gozer say, you choose what yep. you have, and then them go clear your mind, and then it being, oh my god, I thought of something, and it'd be kind of foreshadowed. I get them going, what'd you pick? What'd you pick? And you hearing the bigness, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's a giant marshmallow. Man. Yeah. Or in the second one, what they do, because you know they ripped this off. Yeah. They have them say, the guy, the villain who transforms, he yeah. transforms into things. Says, you now pick what you decide, and transforms into different things, suggesting things. Saying, hey, this or this or this. And then he goes into the Ghostbuster logo. He goes, oh, you guys want to be, he goes, how about this? And they go, yes, that'd be preferable. And he goes, okay. And then he grows huge. I'm like, that wasn't funny. That was just kind of yeah, really awkward. Like, I was like, the other one yeah. was kind of just 
you kind of were waiting for it, and then yeah. when it finally came, you're like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Or this one just kind of just keep going, I feel like a child, and it just kind of teasing me. Yeah. This is stupid. So and so they did Stay Pop Marshmallow Man really well. Yeah, they did. Now the set that Gozer's on too. Uh, mm. Originally they actually wanted Pee Wee Herman, the yeah. actor Pee Wee Herman to, uh, or Paul Rubens is his yeah. name, to play the uh, Gozer. Gozer and um, and they also asked Grace Jones, who I'm not really familiar with. She's a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, That's bad when you're a guy and they're like, you got two. There's two other act, uh, actors in your role. Yeah. Oh, what's that? Uh, two other women. And you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why am I? Well, Pee Wee. No offense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. But I mean, the uh, the model or the actress that they picked was mm-hmm. it was good. I mean, it was it was she could do a lot of things. She did a lot of her own stunts. The acrobatic mm-hmm. stuff was. Uh, was actually done, even though it looked uh, like it was a blue screen. Yeah. Well, I guess it was a blue screen, but she still did her mm. flips and stuff. But they were saying that that's the largest set ever built at Universal. And uh, they actually had power generators that were setting off the sprinkler alarms because they had to shut off all the sprinkler alarms in there. Huh. And there's actually a couple of scenes where they had to actually open the doors to be able to get the camera in to, s- to shoot what they were shooting. So, hmm. I mean, uh, and they said that the whole soundstage was just full of all the stuff that they made. So it was never kind of like, it was mm. built for that movie. Yeah. So a lot of their money went in there. Yeah, I, it, when they were pitching the movie, um, the producer said to Ivan Reitman, said, uh, how much money would you need to make this movie? And he just threw a number at him. He just said 30 million. And the studio said, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish that would happen. So I go to they, my bank, ask for that much money, yeah. money and they go, sure. Um, there's a quote that I got from uh, the audio commentary, which mm-hmm. I really like. And this is, this is something that, uh, us at Faux Pop Media here would uh, say too, is there's no business like million dollar make-believe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you can come up with anything, right? If you have the right amount of money and, y- and you can say yes to everything, right? So, mm. Which this, this movie's special effects, especially for the time, was just amazing. Yeah. Like the special effects were something to be milestoned. And again, for say, like even today where it looks better. Mm-hmm. Um, quick thing before we finish this episode. Mm-hmm. So you don't like Ghostbusters 2. I know that. Well, it wasn't my favorite, you know. Like, yeah. just this I kind of this is fe- my question, by the I way. I kind of felt like the little. Well, if yeah. you want, if you want me to talk about it a little bit, I will. I, I, I'm just trying to get a yes or no answer. I felt I was the little kid in the classroom that was saying, "He man, he man, he man." <laughs> so, he man. Yeah. I'm done. Go ahead. Um, because we will eventually do Ghostbusters too. I'll make you suffer through that. You so have to, you might have to get a guest on that one. <laughs> So I'm gonna learn how to do the live switching. My question is this: <laughs> You know the um, court scene? What did you think of that? Did you like it? In or what? Did you Ghostbusters two, the court scene. I haven't watched it in years. Okay, well then never mind. So what would you give this movie? This movie, uh, eight out of t- eight out of ten pro- proton packs. I don't like to give perfect reviews, you yeah. know. Like I mean, it was is is kind of like some of the stuff, like the. The uh, stop motion dogs running around was kind of telltale yeah. <laughs> to what they were doing. I, I would say, because I think this might be the highest review I've given. Hmm. If it's the, the if I, so I, you say 7.5, but if I have given it a 7.5 already, I'll change it to an 8, I mean, uh, 8 yep. out of 10 marshmallows. And that's my, that's, that'll Stay be puff my. Stay marshmallows. Yes, Perfect. Stay puff marshmallows. Now, any other crappy brand, Stay puff. Stay puff. Is that a real brand? I no. don't even know. No, it isn't. No okay, they made it up for the no, movie. No, no, they completely made it up. Good. So, thank you for watching this episode. This has been Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, 
that, hey, this might be, a, uh, we might look back and think this is the one that made it, that, that put us there, that yep. made our careers. Yeah. This might be the one. Yeah, so Here's thank hoping. you for watching. Yeah, thank all of you. You. Especially you. Yeah. It's funny. They think I'm talking to them, you but it's over you. There. Yeah. It's you. You're our most dearest fan. Yeah. Well, thank you for watching. And we will see you next week with yeah. some movie. You can get me on Twitter at Do It All Derek and tell me off or whatever tell you want. Tell me off. And you can find me at uh, Meller underscore three, which is, uh, was my hockey number. And I believe there's a, another one that's underscore movie therapy. Oh, yeah, that, you know, small one of oh, okay. at underscore movie therapy, which is this show's. Yep. So you can watch. Well, you can. Yeah, I guess we post um, when sure. they come out. We post it all on that Twitter. So, hey, if you can subscribe here. Yep. Uh, whatever. If you're at North Star, subscribe to North Star, and then go subscribe to Full Pop. If you're at Full Pop, go subscribe to Full Pop, and come to North Star. Subscribe to that. Then subscribe on uh, iTunes, um, and then go follow us on Twitter. And then guess what? You will never miss an episode in your life. Ever. 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 And go back and watch the other ones, too, because... Uh, go find our archives. Yeah, find out where we started. Yeah, find our little humble story <laughs> of two men who like movies too much. So, that's about it. Yeah, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Samantha. Bye.